people tell us a lot, like, you must be so passionate. Like you have to have all this passion. And when we're first starting something, it's like, it's your passion that's going to get there. You have to find your passion. But really the thing that helps you win long-term is logic and like action. And ultimately what you and I talk about too a lot that I think is such an important little nuance of this conversation is peace. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. This little makeshift podcast studio that we've made in Stephen's office is really great and I'm proud of us. It's out. Yeah, we did turn the heat up to like 78 because we're freezing and he's going to hate it when he gets back, but... <laughs> Let's do a little life update. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So life update. Man, the holidays. I, I honestly can't believe it's mid-January already. That seems crazy to me. And 2024. Um, I always get in like the holiday blur where I don't know what day it is. All of that. But we, a couple of years ago, we decided to spend Christmas, actual Christmas, at a beach. And so the last three Christmases, We've taken the boys somewhere warm and beachy and not done traditional. Like we don't put presents into the tree. We just tell them like you get one thing. And this year we're in Costa Rica, which mm-hmm. I can report, I think best year yet. We, we've been to Mexico and we went to California one year. The water was insane, like perfectly warm. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the vacation of my dream so far as a mom where I just sat in the shade, like chilling and they played in the like lapping waves and dug holes in the sand. It was awesome. And they didn't nap and they didn't eat very well, you know, typical Christmas break. And so we also dealt with a lot of like chaos in that sense. Um, but all in all, amazing trip. Would totally recommend that approach to, <laughs> to holidays. Like I'm at this point in my life where I grew up without strong holiday traditions in the way that I was raised. And we live a lifestyle where like we don't need to like wait till Christmas to buy something. And so I, I'm like, I don't want to fill, I don't want to just buy stuff at Christmas just because I'm supposed to fill the bottom of the Christmas tree. So we're trying to teach our boys like Christmas is an experience, not stuff. So that aspect of it, I really loved. We were also in the process of buying home. <laughs> a dream home. Dream home, which tainted the experience a little bit. I will have to say that honestly, that the home buying process as an entrepreneur is probably like a whole other episode. It's a nightmare and it felt very invasive and very hard and very long and it was unfolding as we were on vacation and so it was like every fourth hour there was something more they needed from us so we did our best to like be as present as we could but we were also running back to the room a lot to like dig up a bank statement or sign some letter and you know it's a long story but ultimately I have learned to be so neutral emotionally neutral and I think that's the takeaway from this arduous process of buying a home as an entrepreneur is I wanted the house. And now that we're in it, I love it. And it's spectacular. And it is, I literally had dreams about it years ago and manifested the exact home. And until the day we signed, I was so emotionally neutral about it because I've learned that charging it up with expectation makes it so much harder when there are obstacles that come up. And RT and I are different in that way where like, my emotional response to them needing more stuff from us was like, okay, next obstacle, let's do it. And his was very much like WTF. Why do they keep asking for stuff? And like very emotionally escalated. So I like looking back over the last month, I'm like, man, so much happened. And I still feel the same. Like I still feel like myself, but I just manifested this incredible new home. That's been on my vision board, literally this exact house for years. It's insane. Yeah. I think I'm probably still like a little surreal and not settled in because we moved a week ago, but yeah, I, I can talk so much about this, this practice of staying emotionally neutral in big purchases or big life changes or big, big things where like you don't have control. That's the takeaway from the last couple of weeks of like life update for me is when you don't have control over something, the person who can stay the calmest in the face of chaos wins. Mm. Like I won. <laughs> so well, you did. You got the house. I got the house. You got the house. It's amazing. Boys love it. It's on two acres. We have like room to run and let them wear themselves out. It's a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. it is a dream house. I remember when you showed me it, my jaw was just in the floor. It's very quirky. There's like, I mean, I love like custom homes. This was built by somebody else, not us, but there's little quirks to it. And like, I would love to be inside the mind of the person who thought like this was a good idea 
talk to me about how you were going to use this space, <laughs> but I'm finding ways, you know, like, and we'll eventually remodel and change things. But homes are so interesting to me and like making them your own and take, like taking them over from someone who lived in it before and being like, what, what were you thinking? Yeah. When did you think this was a good idea? Yeah. I know. What, what kind of usage for this room did you plan? Was someone living in here? Like, I don't know. There's little quirks that, but overall it like, we didn't, we didn't move far. We got to stay, like, didn't have to change the boys' schools. Like <laughs> my nanny doesn't have to commute any further. That was a big point of contention. I get to go to the same grocery stores. Like I was really, I didn't want to move unless my mother load didn't change. I was like, right. I don't want to have to shift my routine. I don't want to have to hire new help at home. I don't want to have to change schools. Like if we can stay in this very small radius, let's manifest that. And it, I mean, it took us, we sold our other house in 2021. So this is like August, 2021. So this has been quite a process. Worth it. Worth it. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. How about you? Okay. My update. So, um, went back to the UK for the holidays. Also bought a house. Yeah. Also a dream house. I know it's a beautiful little countryside escape in the Cotswolds, which again, just feels like such a dream country moment. Like I can't even believe that I have that. Well, as an American, I'm like, oh, a country home in the UK. Like it's so idyllic. Like, I mean, it feels like that. It really does. Even though I'm from there, like it's still, I'm from very North. And so this is South and it's close to London, which is great because we have work in London. Like we just fly into London, we can drive. It just feels beautiful. There's so much fresh air and slower paced, which is amazing. So what we actually did, there was, we rented this big, beautiful house in Scotland for 25 of us over the holidays. It was incredible, but we got sick the whole time, which was. The irony is just. Oh my God. So Stephen and I have never spent a night away from Noemi together. We spent nights like apart individually, but never a night together. And we had like, he asked what I want for my birthday. And I said, okay, I just want the night you and I. So he booked the most beautiful hotel in Edinburgh overlooking Edinburgh Castle. We checked in the day before my birthday. We went out to the Ivy for dinner. It was just amazing. And then we were going to be there all night and then have this amazing breakfast. And then shop around Edinburgh, drive home on my birthdays because I want to spend my birthday with Noemi. And literally we were driving from the country house to the hotel and I started feeling my stomach go and I was thinking, no, I haven't had a stomach bug in like six years. I, I never get sick, you know, I just pride myself on never getting sick. We get there, I'm feeling really, really terrible. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not canceling this Ivy reservation because I know he still has to pay. <laughs> we cancel, I'm like, no, we're going to go. So we go and you know, when you get waves of it, but I was feeling, feeling like I was managing it, started getting waves and they brought dessert out. And I'm the biggest chocolate fiend. Like, you know, I will eat chocolate all day long, every day. They brought the dessert out and it was this amazing chocolate dessert. They put it in front of me and I just said immediately, I can't eat this. I need to go home. And that's when I knew I was not doing well. So I ended up with a stomach bug and the flu at the same time. It was really not nice. Noemi got it and it lasted so long. So the whole time we drove back like I was up all night, we drove back and like, I just could barely even see anyone. Yeah. And then you had the whole rest of the week, like you had until you got back to the US. Yeah. The whole rest of the time. It was so rough, terrible timing. Like I still tried my best to make the most of it when we were there. Like I still tried to participate in stuff, but you know, when you're just feeling so crappy, like at home, I would have been in bed, but I was thinking, no, I'll still participate in the games. I'll still, I just won't eat on the meals. Like Christmas dinner, I could barely eat it but I'll still be there. But you know, when you're just not yourself at all, you just can't be present. So that was definitely uh, interesting. I feel like everyone got sick over the holidays. So not the most fun, but it was really nice to see our house. We got a lot done. We got almost within two days, I almost finished the entire house top to bottom because I'd been prepping and sending stuff to a address nearby. We just have like the living room to do and then it's totally done. So I don't know if we'll run it out. Probably not, not for the, this year at least, but Noemi's bedroom is amazing. We, it's just great. Like I'm, it feels like a dream come true. Yeah. And you guys' plan then is to continue to go to Europe for the summer, right? And then yeah, there with the family. Probably, yeah. Like in total, maybe two, three months a year, we would be in the UK spread out across different times. Get out of Austin when it's 115 degrees. Yeah. That's not my vibe. Yeah. Unless you move to California, then I'd probably want to be in California over right, the summer. Right, for the summer. Okay. Well, it's on the vision board. Who knows? Who knows? We're deciding. 
But moving on from the updates, yeah, it was incredible, but would have rather not get sick. And I think next time I'll probably quarantine before big family trip and ask everyone else to, mm. to just try and minimize because it's spread through the whole house and it's just not fun for anyone. I think that is my takeaway. It's not as... It's not sexy, but... It's not a deep takeaway, but it's more realistic. It's so interesting because I feel like, I don't know, like I kind of mentioned it, but it's like I was never raised with like big family gatherings. So Christmas never feels I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there are people where you have 20, 25 people all coming together over the holidays. And there are some practicalities to things like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know 25 people that I would invite. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what though? To be totally honest, I didn't grow up with that either because my mom and dad divorced when I was three. And so honestly, yes, we have some good memories of Christmas, but I really remember there being fights about who gets Christmas and having to go to different people's houses. And there was just so much movement and chaos. And like, it was never like the happy family Christmases I would see on the movies. It was never like that. And it always felt like it was split. Whereas when Stephen and I were thinking about how we wanted Noemi to grow up, we really wanted that big family Christmas. And so we just decided to create it. Like we picked the best of the family that like we would actually want there and didn't invite the ones we wouldn't, being totally honest. Because, you know, some people have family gatherings aren't ideal. Yeah. Our families get on really, really well. So half of the people there were my family and half were Stephen's family. And there were people we actually wanted to spend time with and invited them intentionally and came together. And that's what created it. Whereas that was not the norm for me. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like as I've gotten further in life and further in motherhood and just like further in the 2020s of of chaos in America and just really like choosing to be intentional with time in general and every decision being something that I'm like, I'm going to do what's best for me based on my values and be unapologetic about it. It's that kind of like, I'm going to create experiences with intention and so for us like I said it's we like to leave like we don't like being freezing cold in December in Colorado so it's like let's go to a beach somewhere and I have divorced parents and and no like real holiday traditions and so it feels good to us and so does our teeth so it's like we've never felt badly about this is what we're creating with intention for our family unit and you know maybe down the road we'll invite other people to join us but it's always like we didn't have this so we want to create something our kids will remember I feel like that's such a blessing for our generation to go, whatever my upbringing was, I'm, I'm, I'm not beholden to carry forward the mm. exact same traditions. I can reinvent this for myself. I can reinvent this for my family. And I just feel like proud of myself for creating it and being intentional about it instead of feeling like obliged to split households or, or like travel somewhere that I don't want to go on the holidays. Yeah, I would do the same thing. And I really think, Doing that just across the board is really important. Like we're really unapologetic about the way in which we want to raise Noemi, the things we do and don't want to say to her and the way in which we want to parent her. And we're really unapologetic about telling people in our family, this is how we do it. And this is what, like we want that to be respected. And thankfully we have a pretty laid back family and they're like, yep, totally get it. I think they probably think we're crazy at times because it's just a totally different way of doing things. But I don't care if people think I'm crazy. This is what I care about. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good segue into what we wanted to talk about today, which is kind of this idea of, of like the mix of intention and being passionate about how intentional you are in your life. And we've been talking a lot about it with Boss Babe heading into 2024 and just like the insane goals that we have this year and also the momentum. And like we keep having things land in inboxes and, and in conversations where we're like, oh my God, like, holy fucking shit, this is insane. And of course, like, yes, of course, because we've been so incredibly intentional over the last, you know, three months, but even the last year and heading into 2024 about creating space for these things to happen because the intention is there and because we're unapologetic about the nose and we're so choosy about people on our team and the opportunities we say yes and no to. And I think heading into 2024, I'm hoping everybody, like everyone listening, everyone in our community is feeling the same way where it's like, this is the year we've, we've made it through a lot of shit over the last few years. You have personally, I have personally, the businesses have, and it's like all that momentum feels like it's finally like contained and you're like, yeah, like let's go. 
So I want to like, I want to kick off with that and kind of talking about how are you feeling in the business heading into 2024 and personally as the leader, the visionary, like this feeling of momentum we have. And we were talking about passion before we hit record. It's like, is this passion? Like, are you leading from passion? Are you leading from vision? Like where's momentum coming from, from you? And then we can, I think like that'll unlock some of how we're managing it inside the business too. Well, let me start. Let me just pull up this book because I was just reading this when we were thinking about the podcast. And this is in Brianna Wiest's book. I think that's how we say her name. She actually has a brand new book out. It's called The Pivot Year, I think. I haven't got it yet, but it looks incredible. So shout out to her. But she has this chapter in this book. This one's 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. And I sometimes love to just pull out this book and just read a page and see what it sparks and journal on it. And something she had written is, why logical people lead better lives. And I'll just kick off with a little bit of what she says at the beginning. Our generation believes that passion is the answer, the solution to a life joyously, successfully, happily lived. We were the kids who were told you can be anything and heard you can succeed at everything. There are a lot of people much smarter than me who've argued this beautifully. It's not about following passion. It's about following purpose passionately. Passion is a manner of traveling, not a means to determine a destination. Passion is the spark that lights the fire. Purpose is the kindling that keeps it burning all night. This is to say the opposite of passion isn't settling for a lukewarm life. It's marrying it to logic that will actually get you where you want to go. And so I was reading into it a little bit more and she said one more thing that really stuck out to me. Logic helps you make decisions for the person you hope to be. Passion helps you make decisions for the person you are or were. So why this really, really stood out to me is I think we get told a lot, follow your passion, follow your passion. And what that can often lead to is a lot of shiny object syndrome and people starting projects and not finishing them because your passion might be getting stuff going. It might be that fun idea, but when you start seeing it through to the end and it has a lot of operations and scaling, it might look a little bit different. The passion can feel like it drops off and you might want to then chase something a little more shiny. Whereas when you think about logic and think about making decisions from the place you want to be, I think you look at things differently. You don't wait for something to feel really passionate. You don't wait to feel really passionate about something. You don't wait till you feel lit up and passionate about something. You continuously, every single day, take action towards a goal, take action towards a destination, even if you don't have the path laid out. And some days you're going to feel really passionate about what you're doing. And some days you're not. So I would say as a leader right now, I'm leading from a place of here's the really strong vision about where I really want this company to go. And the energy, the momentum behind it is created. It is not given to us. It's not something that we ride the waves of in our community. It is something that we create every single day. And I'm choosing right now to wake up every single day and plug into a source of energy motivation, momentum, and keep pushing things forward. Because last year, I mean, it's been a year now since I started the process of buying this entire company, which is crazy. It's gone really, really quickly. That was not a year of following my passion. That was a year of following the logic of my business currently doesn't serve where I want to go, who I want to be, and what I want to do. And so I need to make a lot of decisions that are uncomfortable. I need to have some really uncomfortable conversations and I need to wade through the mud to like put this business back together again. It was not a year of following my passion. It was really following the logic of knowing where I want to be. And some decisions felt good and others didn't. And I now am leading from a place of, you know, I have a place to be and I, I want us to get there together. So how can we all get in the same boat and be rowing with that same level of motivation and ambition and Dedication. Yeah. I think you're talking about kind of the same thing I mentioned earlier around like logic feels neutral, right? It's not this like chaotic, crazy, like burst into a room, jumping around passion energy. It can be that, like, if that's what's needed in the moment, you need to bring that level like on stage or something. But I think, like, I've observed this in you, and we talk about this a lot where there's not much that rattles us. And I think that's learned and that's practiced. And it's so important when you get to this level of commitment in a business and then this level of success in a business where 
people tell us a lot, like, you must be so passionate. Like you have to have all this passion. And when we're first starting something, it's like, it's your passion that's going to get there. You have to find your passion. But really the thing that helps you win long-term is logic and like action. And ultimately what you and I talk about too, a lot that I think is such an important little nuance of this conversation is peace Mm -hmm. and how none of this feels good. Nothing feels good. If you don't feel peaceful at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're living in chaos or you're stressing to the max, or you're constantly dealing with like upheaval personally or in the business or with your clients or anything like that. And I don't know, I like my nervous system, when you say passion, like I remember those days in my twenties in my corporate job, just being like, I'm not passionate about this. And that makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong here. Like I'm, I need to get out of this job or I need to be constantly like harassing my boss for a higher level role. Cause maybe then I'll be passionate. And now looking back, I'm like, I was never going to be passionate about it. Cause it wasn't working in corporate energy. wasn't my passion, but the like logically spending 10 years there taught me so freaking much that's made me be able to be successful now in entrepreneurship and all the other things. And so it's in hindsight, I think it's easy for us to look at these things and go, oh yeah, it wasn't passion in that moment that got me through it. It was logic or now I understand logically how it helped me. But this messaging around passion, I think can be, it has that dark side to it. And if we're not also in the practice of peace and figuring out like all this work we're doing whether you're applying passion or purpose, whatever it is, are you also figuring out peace mm. and how are you supporting your peace at the end of the day? And I think for you, one of the things I see you, you, I mean, you talk to us a lot about internally and it comes through in all the society and everything we teach is like practices and systems and ways of take, of channeling all of that into a, a lifestyle and a way of running a business that feels very manageable and still feels like you can have a human life around it. And that was one of the things we were talking about before we hit record around, like, if you want different, you have to do different. And we've really learned that over the last year. You've learned it in how you came back into the business. I've learned it in making the transition into this role out of my own business. Like, I want different. And one of the things I really freaking want, you too, is like, I want peace. Like, I want to do a really fucking good job at what I do. And I want to make a huge difference in the world. And I don't want to work 14-hour days. I don't want to work seven days a week. I want to be present for my kids. I want to be able to take a couple weeks off at the holidays, even if we throw off the whole time, you know, like, like how do we do both? I often get asked how we run a team that has members from all over the world. When you start to think about the payroll, benefits and HR, it can feel really overwhelming, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. We have been using our podcast sponsor Gusto for years and whether you have a large team, a small team, members from all over the world or just one member in your same city, this online software makes managing the details of your business so simple and so efficient, you guys. Gusto is an easy online payroll and benefits software built for small and growing businesses it really is an all-in-one remote friendly platform and is the place to pay hire onboard and support your hardworking team gusto makes it easy to onboard our team and manage not only payroll but benefits hr taxes time off requests and you can even file payroll taxes automatically You also get direct access to certified HR experts and to small group health insurance options for nearly any budget. Gusto is truly there to help you succeed. If you're ready to get organized and have everything in one place, all online to take care of your business and employees, head to gusto.com slash boss babe and get three months free when you run your first payroll. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash boss babe. I was recently wearing a cashmere sweatsuit to a play date. Yes, I am that mum now. And my friend asked me where I got it from. And I started talking about our podcast sponsor, Quince, and realized she'd never even heard of them before. Now I want to tell literally everyone about it because it's an amazing online store. Quince is my go-to for luxury essentials at affordable prices. Quince offers a range of high quality items within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They make these prices attainable by partnering directly with top factories and cutting the cost of the middleman. 
What I really admire and respect about Quince too is that they only work with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash boss babe to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash boss babe if you want different do different the keyword is do a lot of people want different so they think about different a lot of people want different so they'll talk about different but the keyword is doing different like if you want something different you have to actually take action on it and do like do, even if you aren't super passionate about the business that you're starting, but it's the only idea you have and you want to start a business and do it. You know, that do in the act of doing, I think you will be presented with more opportunities that give you the chance to follow what feels really in alignment for you. I was just doing a podcast earlier and I was asked about my early entrepreneurial journey and starting my supplement company. And I was really honest about saying, you know, that wasn't my quote unquote passion. It wasn't my purpose. It was the best idea I had at the time. And I thought, well, if I want a business, I should be doing business. So I just started a business. And that ultimately led me to what I do now. And I think same with you too. It's you just keep taking the next logical step. There's no mystical, magical roadmap that's going to take you from where you are now to where you want to be, but you have to be willing to take the next logical step. And conversations I've had recently too, I'm curious your perspective on this. I think there's an element of like when you don't feel motivated, you have to take responsibility for that and go find motivation. If you don't feel motivated, it's no good waking up every single day saying, I don't feel motivated because that is not going to get you motivation. Go and seek out and do the things that will provide you with energy and motivation. Maybe it's listening to podcasts. Maybe it's changing up your diet, working out conversations with people, joining certain groups. Like there are lists and lists and lists of things that you know, ultimately could create motivation for you or help you plug into motivation. And it's those repetitive actions of doing it that something eventually is going to click and you'll find that passion igniting again. But just sitting, thinking about how you're unmotivated is only going to make you feel more unmotivated. I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things like as you're talking, I'm like, yes, and there's magic in the void. And one of the things I learned in my cocoon phase in 2022 into early 2023 was like, I felt myself saying, I'm not really motivated, but it wasn't, instead of being shameful or resistant to that feeling, I was like, and how interesting, like, let's just sit here and be really fucking uncomfortable for months. And I let it go on for months. And like, yes, I had the luxury of doing that financially until a point that I didn't have the luxury of doing that financially anymore. And then I still let it happen and suffered the financial consequences because I still had not gotten the answer of what is the thing. I like really look back at that time going, this is exactly an example of this conversation where I didn't go try to like force passion for something, but I also didn't sit there and wallow in like, oh, I just not motivated. So I'm not going to do anything. It was active waiting. You know, I would wake up every day and be like, I'm going to keep taking action on the things that I am doing, knowing like I'm not there yet. And this isn't quite right, but I'm also not going to force anything because as soon as something didn't feel right, I was like, I'm not going to force myself down this path. And I like relentlessly trusted that something was coming. And that all of this was, as long as I kept taking the next logical step, that something was coming. And, you know, and here I said, I'm like, of course it was all leading to this. And there was never a time where I was like, I need to just go find the motivation. It was like, I need to be comfortable being really freaking uncomfortable right now and trusting that action is the path every day, just waking up, looking at what's the next logical step and going. And I, I, it's like so unsexy. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about it because it's new year. And like, this is a time a lot of people are trying to sell you on like the big shiny things, you know? And it's like, really, it's, it's the systems and the day-to-day rhythm and the practices that help you stay really in your body and really present with yourself that get you to the outcome. And yeah, here and there, you have to sprinkle in some passion because you're going to come to crossroads where you're like, wow, there's this like really comfortable thing I could go do. That's easy. Or I could do the more uncomfortable thing. That's more in alignment with like what I'm passionate about. And of course you want to be able to make those choices like fully aware. And it still comes down to logic. <laughs> you know, it still comes down to making really good decisions based on what you really want for your future self 
and emotional neutrality. And I think that's the hard part that when I look back at my younger version of myself, I'm like, emotional neutrality when I'm, when I've been uncomfortable has been the hardest part, you know, it's like, mm. I want to just get out of discomfort. I want to get out. I want to solve this as quickly as possible. And oftentimes I think that stands in the face of like the true peaceful outcome for myself or the true, like abundant outcome. It's the quick fix outcome. And that's never led me down the, the path I actually want to land at. Yes. I'm like all of this. I'm so remembering being in all of those places and you know what else comes up when I think about this is how important it is to take responsibility because when you are in that place it's very very easy to blame everything or everyone else it's my job it's my family it's the people I'm surrounded by it's you know my health it's so it can be so many things I think change happens when you say I'm taking full responsibility for how I feel and I am going to be the one to change this up. I'm not going to rely on a different job to do this for me because I remember Alexis saying on this podcast, where I go, there I am. You know, new jobs, same problems or new business, new product, same problems. If you don't deal with it at the root, it's going to be following you. And I felt like that, you know, was a big reason that I actually was like, okay, yeah, I will buy the business because... I knew I wanted to do things differently and it was either I'm going to go and create a brand new business and do it differently or I can take what I've got existing and do it differently. Regardless, I need to do the work internally to be able to build something very, very different because clearly what I'd built was a reflection of who I was at the time. Like there's no one else I could blame for the situation I was in. I had to take full responsibility for that and say, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, it doesn't really matter whether I do it with an existing or a new business. It's still going to require the same level of work, inner work on my behalf to go and make those changes. I feel like everybody's probably had one of these crossroads in their life where they're like, I can either keep doing what I'm currently doing and choose different and like stop making decisions for my current self and start making decisions for my future self. Or... I can blow everything up and start over, which sometimes is the best option. Sometimes, but it's often the easiest perceived option. Right. But in starting over, you know, especially when you have a business and you're like, I'm going to throw this whole thing away and go start a whole new one. Like, obviously we've been there. And also we teach this stuff where it's like, it's actually not that easy to start a new business. (laughs) You know, even if you're somebody who has massive established success previously, starting totally over, while it could feel the most like, relieving of all the questions you have in the current thing it's hard to start over and it's 2024 you know so it's like we don't want to over glamorize that option too of like just blow it all up and start fresh there's often beauty and magic and lots of potential in the things that you already have so if you're feeling unmotivated with them it's like okay is it really the thing you already have that's not where you don't feel motivated or do you need to do the same thing differently and take action in a new way and i think you know being the new year i love like watching all the rhetoric that comes out from everyone I follow around the new year. And I'm just like, for us with Boss Babe this year, we're like, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. Like, and we're, we're going to make it easier. You know, like we're going to build more templates. We're going to give you life HQ and biz HQ. Like these things are available to you at any time of the year. You can implement this stuff at any time. And yes, there's, there's new like attention and momentum and like fresh energy at the beginning of the year. But also these are practices that like, we want you to have every single day of the year. Like I'm so passionate these days of like, I want you to feel the peace and like the organization and the quote unquote motivation that you get from feeling that every day of the year. Why does it have to just be a new year thing? And Amen. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I'm trying to create in my life is, is simplifying and organizing. Like we were talking about this, even with team organization and stuff where I'm like, I just want like, I want everything to be so consistent and clean and easy that it doesn't have to be like new year energy and for people to be this on it. I want everybody to be like on it all the time. How do we get to that level of function and like high functioning, not just in the business, but like each individual person that's on our team, how do we help them get to that level? Like how do you and I stay at that level? How do I support you at that level as the CEO so that you can be in the visionary role? Like I'm asking these like deep meta questions and it comes down to this, this exact thing we're talking about of like, it's not, getting them to be more passionate about their job. It's like supporting every aspect of their life so that when they sit down to work, they're not stressing about the personal life. They're not 
undernourished. You know, they're organized and clear on what they're supposed to be doing. And like they as a human feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the the magic of this time of year for me is like it's a it's a new opportunity to ask those questions of yourself and others. But it my expectation is with that new ask and that new energy, we need to be able to support it all year long too. And that's where passion dies off and it comes back to logic and it comes back to action and clarity and simplicity and ultimately freedom. That's what we want. And it doesn't come from passion. It comes from discipline and action. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. The unsexy stuff that sometimes people are unwilling to talk about because it is unsexy, but discipline will take you very, very far. If you can wake up every day and commit to doing something, to moving the needle, even on the tasks you don't really enjoy doing, the things you don't feel passionate about, that is where you'll get so many results from. And yes, the team element, I mean, it just goes back to a conversation we had with a team member earlier today. They weren't performing and we had a conversation, but there was zero nitpicking on the role. It was, let's talk about you and how we can support you right now because If someone is underperforming and you know they can perform, generally something else is going on. And to just be able to look from that lens in the same way we would do with ourselves, I think is super important with your team as well. Yeah, it's interesting, like, because freedom is such a big word for us. And I want for our team members and, and everyone, like we're teaching that stuff and we live that. And that's the reason that we love this work. And I think sometimes when I think about freedom and how it's like represented freedom like gets equated to passion and like that high energy, like kind of chaotic energy. Yeah. And it's so it's funny because I'm like the people that I know personally, and even some of the people like in our industry who are the most successful, arguably like the most quote unquote free are some of the people where like, when you meet them, like they don't lose passion. They, no. they, they're like so practiced and so refined and so disciplined you know, and I'm like, God, what if we had been taught all these years, like, like Rihanna mentioned in that quote, like 
if we hadn't been so hammered with like, you can do anything. So you should be doing everything. And we were practicing, we were, we were taught like, actually, like you can do anything, but why don't you choose a few things that you really love and, and master them or work towards mastery with them and, and learn discipline? Like how much more free would we really be? Because we wouldn't constantly be striving. We wouldn't constantly be comparing. We wouldn't constantly be like shaming ourselves for how far behind we are in this manufactured vision we have for ourselves of like what we should be doing right now. And as a mother, for me, as an aside, I'm like, how do I teach my kids that? What I just said, like, I wasn't taught that. So how do you, but I know that now. So like, how do I teach my kids that? And that's a big question I have, like whole other podcast is what is the way to educate kids that isn't go do everything and be great at all the things. It's like, or, or just pick a couple and learn mastery and discipline because now sitting here in this chair, it's like mastery and discipline are what make us successful mm-hmm. at what we currently do. But maybe you have to have like those years in your twenties where you try everything and you like chase passion and you fail and it hurts and you have to rebuild. And they probably could make that argument, but man, like teaching freedom and looking at how we teach freedom and how we model freedom in our business and in our lives. To me, freedom is a byproduct of discipline, not passion. Well, it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning, right? When you follow your passion, you often follow shiny objects. Mm -hmm. You're so right. And you saying that I'm just having like light bulb moments, mastery, most people won't commit to it because it's not the days you don't always wake up feeling passionate and excited to continue mastering something. Some people kind of get enough skills and then they're on to the next. Mastery is, it takes a lot of discipline. But yeah, you are so right. There's mastermind rooms that I sit in with people that I just look up to so much. And one thing that I've noticed is there's always so many ideas going around the room. You know, I sit in rooms where people are very generous with their knowledge of here's what's really working for me right now. What I don't see from the people that are masters of what they do is this frantic typing on the keyboard. Oh, I've got to implement that. I've got to do that. I've got to all of that chaotic energy. It's interesting. I'm so happy that's working for you. They'll take curiosity in some things if they think that it aligns and could help them go deeper in what they're doing or neutrality. They'll listen to it. They'll get excited for that person, celebrate the person, and they'll know when to say, that's awesome that it's working for you. That's totally not part of my strategy or my focus for the next year, but I love that it's working for you. Whereas also earlier in my career, I will say I was in rooms where I'd be at a conference and it was like this new opportunity, this new way of doing something. And I'm frantically, I need to research this. I need to get on this. I need to do it. And, you know, it's another shiny object. And granted, some of them turn into the areas you'll master, right? Like marketing for me was one that I did get really excited about and I decided to go down and master. But there's been so many opportunities to go deeper in other areas that I've thought, you know, that's just not for me. I'm not going to go down that path. Such a light bulb moment. Well, and it's so interesting, like as you're talking, I mean, you know me, like I love, I follow so many people and I study people as part of being in my role and also just having been in the industry for so long where I'm like, I pick up on nuance and I feel like- You pick up on everything. Yeah. Nothing gets past you. And it's so interesting to me because one of the things that you just said at curiosity, I'm like, you know what you as a listener can also start to notice when you're being coached by someone or you're following someone's content, listen for how much curiosity they- put through in how they approach what they're doing because curiosity is going to show you mastery, right? Because curiosity points at mastery because exactly what you just said, the masters are the people who are focused on mastery. Like very few people ever truly master things like, you know, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan still like miss free throws, right? It's like, okay. I would love to know what a free throw is. I don't, but like basketball, like at the the free throw, three, three. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. remember the quotes of like, I know Kobe may he rest in peace. Like he still practiced free throws hundreds of them a day, even though he's arguably the one of the best players ever, right. and he would still miss some of those shots. And you're like, okay, you are the best of the best of the best. You're a master. Right. You still miss. So mastery is never something that you're hundred percent at. It's a practice. But what's interesting is like in our industry and in coaching and education and entrepreneurship, like, the people that I feel like I've, I can smell bullshit is when they never ask questions. You can tell they've stopped short of mastery and they've been on to the next thing, you know? And I'm like, okay, are you a coach, coach and coaches, coach coaches, or are you truly mastering a subject matter that you're helping other people win, you know? And 
I could go down that rabbit hole, but it's so interesting hearing you say that because I'm like, okay, the people that I really have learned the most from and that I respect the most and whose content I will still consume at this point in my career are the people who exhibit curiosity over and over and over. And I think it's, you know, podcasting and thought leadership. If you listen, you'll, if you pay attention to this stuff, you'll start to notice like, why is Joe Rogan so successful? Why is Caller Daddy and Alex Cooper so successful in their podcasting? It's because they ask questions, you know, and they sit there and they're like, wait, what? Like, tell me more. And they are so average in how they express knowledge, even though they probably know what the person's talking about. They're like, tell me more. I'm curious about this. And when they learn something new, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And I think the ability not only to express curiosity, but to admit that you learned something at that level of success, that's what I'm talking about when it's about mastery. And that's what I wanted people like really want the listener to hear is when you start to pay attention to some of these things and you notice curiosity and you notice people admit they learned something, it's such a human moment to go like, oh, they're like me. They're no better than me. And you and I have been in those places where it's like, okay, I learned something that, that got me to the next level of success. And I never, in the times where I thought I would never be able to get to where I currently am, I look back on now and I'm like, oh, it's because I, then I saw somebody that I thought was so unattainably successful admit that they didn't know something. I'm like, okay, we're all learning stuff. So all of that is to say like, it is logic, it is discipline, and it's also curiosity. It's also mastery and practice. And, and it is like unsexy, but it's those things that humanize you. And it's those things that make you relatable to your audience. And it's those things that I think the, the reps over and over and over of asking questions, learning something, getting back into action, you know, pivoting when you need to, but never relying on like, it's just this like magic lightning bolt of passion that got me to where I am. It's like, no, it's not that. It's all these other unsexy daily practices that get us here. So interesting. And I wonder if there's an element of self-worth in this, but I do notice as you're saying that I notice the people that maybe aren't as established in their mastery and career do maybe preach a little bit more as if they're trying to prove to their audience or something that they know, but where I think people that are really confident in their mastery or their, you know, journey to mastery are more willing to be curious because they're not like, oh, I'm worried if I show up looking like I don't know the answer to this, that I'll be judged or people won't like, they don't have that sense of like, no, I know I'm really good at what I do. And that doesn't mean I can't still be learning and, you know, learning from my audience, my community, my peers, books I'm reading. I totally see that. Have you felt that way? Like in your role, your level of visibility is rare, right? And and your level of getting in the room with people that our listeners know and have heard of is rare. And so have you felt like you've seen people like that, like this preaching and have you ever felt like tempted to do that or like you needed to do that in order to be successful? And the flip side of that is in those times where you have learned something or felt like there's a spotlight on me, I lead this big business, I should know this. Have you ever felt pressured to like admit that you know something, even though you don't feel like you do? I guess what I'm getting at is like, we know it and we see it and we don't often talk about it, but that's what we've committed to do here is like, I call bullshit a lot behind the scenes where I'm like, bullshit, that's your revenue. Bullshit, you know about that. Bullshit, you can teach this. Like, I've never seen you do it in your business. How are you teaching it? Not you, but other people, you know? And I'm like, I wonder when you, when you sit in those big visible seats though, how hard it is to admit you don't know something or how easy it is on social media to say like, yeah, of course I know that I can teach that when you actually don't practice that in your own business or life. If you know me in person, you know, I hate that because I, I'm such a authenticity person and, and like, Hey, it's okay if you're not good at this, but like, don't teach other people. Don't like at least have some integrity. But I think, I think social media has made it so easy for people to teach stuff that they don't know or to over represent their mastery of something. And so I'm wondering, like, in your experience, how have you managed that feeling of being leading a big visible business and going, shit, I could just say that this is the truth, but it's not. Well, I will say going back to the rooms I've been in that have been filled with, you know, people that have high visibility, I specifically the one that I go to often, I've actually always been amazed at how much they act like beginners. So even if you 
teach something that they already know, they're often very curious and they ask questions about it. How do you use it like that? What has that done for your business? I will say when I first started getting invited into these rooms, I had a bit of like, oh my goodness, I'm so much earlier into the industry than all the things that came up. And so I remember specifically there was a question on memberships and I felt like, okay, well, I have had success in a membership. I should speak up. I should offer value, like almost if I needed to prove my worth in the room. Whereas I think as I've gotten a little bit older and more established in my career, I feel less and less like that. I feel less like I need to speak just to prove my value in the room. But of course, if it's super relevant, I will, but I don't necessarily need to be the first person that's going to speak on that. I'm going to just patiently wait and see what other people are offering up as well. So I would say that's probably come with a bit more maturity. In terms of speaking on things I'm not sure about and the platform, I'm trying to remember back. I mean, one thing I have very much tried consciously not to do is like, you know, there's been a lot of causes and things going on in the world where there's been a lot of pressure on me to speak up because I have a platform. And while I've not wanted to outrightly come out and say, look, I have no fucking clue about this topic because I think that invites more criticism. I just won't speak on it because I don't, it's just like, why would I speak on this when there are so many other people that are so much smarter on this topic than me? Why would I waste my breath speaking on it just so other people can feel better that I've used my platform? For what? To spread misinformation? For what? To spread my opinions that are rooted in absolutely nothing. But I that has taken time to get confident with. Like I, in the past, have been guilty of just resharing things. So I didn't have to say the, say the words or, or kind of like look like I'm not doing anything. Whereas now I think I do feel a bit more confident in saying this is not my wheelhouse. I'm not a political account. I don't need to reshare everything because also I don't know how well missed that person is. And I would also say I've been quite lucky in that my knowledge has always been quite niched on social and marketing. And so whenever I was interviewed earlier in my career, people would generally normally stick to that. So that's good. But and then I look back at things that I've said and I'm like, mm, I wouldn't say that now. Or that doesn't feel true anymore. As I've learned more, that's probably not how I would phrase it. But I think it's just gr- like confidence as I've grown and matured to not feel like I need to prove myself to be in the room or to have people following me or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like the more knowledgeable and closer to mastery you get, like the things that you're truly a master of narrow, right? Where you're like, I really... I've gotten closer to mastery on these few things. Those are I'm really confident to speak on mm. and everything else. I'm very comfortable to just say, I don't really know, you yeah. know, and, and like political crisis is when you're running a social media and entrepreneurship account. Like, like, what do you want me to say? Like, of course, when it's obvious that there's a resource I can share that would be helpful. Of course I'll do that. And you know, I have no issue saying my opinion if I believe something's truly, truly wrong. And I, what like I won't say it just because it's my opinion. I would say it if I felt like I needed to take a stand for someone in our community so that they felt safe in our community. I don't just speak to have my voice heard. And I think influencers that speak on these topics also aren't speaking just to have their voice heard. They're speaking because they feel really nervous about what happens if they don't. Right. So it's it's coming from a good place, but the online world's pretty ruthless at times, yeah. I would say. And when you when you have a platform I think some people don't think you're a real person and they just, they send you some awful things and you're like, you know, I'm a human on the other side of this account, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other aspect, but it, I, I also feel like if you really like all the things we've talked about today, if you have practiced and trained and really been disciplined about mastery and about logic and, and like putting yourself on this path of taking action for the person you're becoming always, mm-hmm. not the person you are currently or, or were, but like, I'm becoming a person who knows more about this. I'm becoming a person who's more of a master at this than like wherever you're at that day and the action you take that day is truly an authentic representation of you in the moment. And it's not a reaction to an external force or an overshoot of something that you're like, quote unquote, passionate about, but aren't really educated on. And I think that's the thing, you know, like we started talking about life updates and, and 2024 and all this new year's energy. And it's like, I want you to be coming at everything like, you are a, a mix of mastery and curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, like that when you're building a business or you're wanting to be seen as an expert at something, or you're putting yourself out there on social media and you're a beginner at it. 
you mentioned the beginner mindset, the beginner's mindset is so important, you know, but it's like, it's this balance of, I know a lot about this thing and I'm not afraid to be wrong, but I'm not afraid to say like, I, I am a master of this thing. I'm not at all these other things. And I don't need to apologize for that. And that goes back to that quote of like, we were educated, like you can do anything, but a lot of us heard you should be doing everything. You should be really good at it all. Like, why are you not? You suck. It's like, no, you can do anything. In doing that, you can pick a couple of things that you really want to be known for. You really want to put yourself out there for, and it's okay and safe to let the rest of it go and say, I don't know, or I'm not going to know, ask somebody else or whatever else the answer may need to be. And I think that's the like, deep breath of the new year that I feel in, in our environment at Boss Babe and in and just the circles I'm in where I'm like, 2024 is the year of doing a few things really, really, really well and letting the rest go because that's freedom. Without the guilt. Yeah. Freedom is not doing a million things really well and, and like trying to do it all. Like it's act, That's the opposite of freedom. It's like pick a few things, do them really well, systematize them, make them the best they possibly can be. And then that buys you the peace that sets you free. So on that note, then, what are you excited about in 2024 mm-hmm. going into the year? What's exciting you? I mean, new house for sure. That's a like, big one. Yeah, it still feels surreal. And I like also in my head, because I'm in Austin right now, and I can picture like just the piles of boxes <laughs> and bags and everything that are all over the house right now. And I know they're not getting touched while I'm gone. Like, um, and I'm like, okay, this is just going to be a couple months of like settling in and that's fine. But that's exciting to me. You know, you and I have like a renewed focus on the traction model in Boss Babe. And I'm really excited about that because I love me a good strategy model. And I think as the team grows and the product line grows and the revenue grows, it's like, I don't like to feel reactive. I don't like to feel chaotic. And in managing people, I really, really don't like to feel like people don't know what they're supposed to be doing and or they know what they're supposed to be doing, but they're underperforming. It's like, we can't run this model well, and we can't get to our goals if we don't have really tight systems and processes that kind of are everybody's guideposts. And so having the traction model, which maybe we do an episode on at some point, but we should do that. Yeah. It's a great book traction. And there's a related book called rocket fuel that teach like the visionary integrator executor model, which we run at boss babe. And we've tweaked our org structure recently to really hone in on that. And that excites me because I'm like, this feels like the well-oiled machine that can like freaking soar and support all the goals that we have. And for the first time in my life, in my entire career, you're the only person that is reporting to me. Yeah. Yeah. You have one report. The only person I've, it's the first time in my career that I'm not holding a content department and a marketing department and often many more, but this time. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, we're like two two weeks in, so, you know, we'll keep talking about it. But that's, I mean, that's been the the goal. Like when you talk about passion and practice and mastery, it's like you're a master at the visionary stuff. You're a master at teaching the things that you're an expert on. You're a master at like standing on stage and getting people to understand it. But you can't do that role very well if you're also posting on social media and doing like, down in the weeds of approving funnels and things like that. I mean, of course, there's a time in the business where you've had to do that because we had to pull it, turn the Titanic, you know, and now we're at a place where it's like, you have the vision and I can translate it down with the team. And we have an incredible team that executes it. And it's like, oh crap, like this is how you get to the next level. Mm. So I'm excited about that. And then like, personally for me, I feel like I put my physical health kind of on hold over the last year, year and a half, because I just was in like, well, for a while I was in like paralysis mode and then I was in, oh my God, stuff happened so quickly. That's what I sacrificed to be able to work enough to like do everything that I wanted to do. And so I feel like everything is stabilized energetically. I'm like, oh, like I'm ready for myself to have a rhythm and to have it be really consistent and really simple. Like the new house, we have space to have a gym. And I'm like, one of the things like stupid, but one of the things is like, I don't like to drive to the gym. I hate wait, like driving. I hate it. It wastes time. Like I listen to podcasts, but I'm like, if it takes 20, 25 minutes to drive, it means that's like, you know, almost an hour of t- extra time. And you're at the gym for an hour. By the time I'm home, I have to eat. Like that's three hours of my day. It just doesn't feel worth it to me right now. But if I just have to go to the basement and like get on the treadmill and lift some weights and I can get that done in 30 minutes, I will do it. So that feels, I'm really excited about like, 
making those type of commitments to myself easier to keep. In my psychology, like I'm so good at keeping commitments to other people. If I have a to-do list for boss babe, like I'll get that done. Those goals are easy for me to hit, but physical stuff, I'm always like, eh. So easy to push to the side. Yeah. And I like, I don't feel bad breaking a promise to myself. I saw somebody's post the first year that was like, this is the year we don't break promises to ourselves. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't resonate. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, how interesting. Like I'm such an Enneagram three and I'm like, I feel competitive when it's like, I'm going to win at somebody else's game, but like the inner game, that's hard for me. And, and like, I can openly admit that where I'm like, I easily break promises to myself because my tendency is to like get the external stuff done first. And so how do I get back into discipline with myself around physical health? So that's my big priority. And I actually do feel excited for like one of the first times in my life. The other thing real quick, as an aside, that's like real talk. I'm 41 and like, I, and I, I have a four and a six year old. And for the first time in my life that like just now I'm starting to like feel mortality and being like, wow, my kids are growing up fast. And like, my parents have health issues and I'm in my forties where they start to tell you like, you need mammograms and colonoscopies and like all these things that I've always associated with like getting old. And I'm also immersed in the longevity industry right. where I'm like, okay, but these people are talking about living to 120, 130 with AI and all these scans. So like, I think we have that on our side and like the, the magic what AI could do for our longevity, but it starts with like good health now because AI is not going to save your life in the next 10 years, you know? So it's this balance of putting it off, being like, oh, I'm young, but really truly focusing on it now because stress is cumulative and like not taking care of yourself today, right now, absolutely has an impact. It's like your 401k, it compounds, right? So it's like every day that you don't do it now is compounding 20, 30 years from now. Oh, that's a good one. That's powerful. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's got me thinking. Okay, what I'm excited about this year is I just do feel a lot of excitement around work. So professionally, we have signed and are still signing some the biggest deals of our careers no secret don't say it I know it's crazy but that's what I'm excited to be freed up to work on because it feels like we're just entering a whole new level playing field and that feels really exciting for me like I feel ready for my next edge because last year was a lot of it wasn't a lot of maybe newness and edginess for me it was just course correcting and restructuring whereas this year feels like I'm going into a whole new level I'm playing at a different level and that feels really exciting for me. I love being challenged with growth and already that's happening. You know, we're only a couple of months into the year and I'm like, oh, I'm really being asked to level up here. Okay, awesome. So that feels really exciting. On the personal side, you know, nothing's changing, just more, more of this. Like, I just am really loving the balance that I have in my life. I'm loving motherhood so much. I'm loving how much time I get to spend at home. I'm just really loving the balance. It is feeling really good. And I'm excited to just have more of that and keep that momentum going. So the health side, you know, I feel like is so dialed when it comes to all the biohacking supplements, the workouts have been so in and out for me. I think it's just different. Getting used to a postpartum body is different. Beforehand, I was so used to getting in the gym and seeing results right away. And I don't see that anymore. And it's also demotivating because I see myself building muscle again and then knowing I want to have another baby I think about well all of that's going to be undone so I need to see it as like like you were saying just before putting fuel in the bank that's going to pay off later and I'm sure being strong and healthy for my next pregnancy is really important and all those things but it is it is demotivating to see the muscle build and then be like well I know what happens when you have a baby and start breastfeeding like pancake butts a real thing so soft girl season oh my god so that definitely is like very cyclical and it's new like you know I resisted working out for so long because I was like this doesn't feel like my body I need to like get into a new relationship with it and I feel good about that now but still I do want to focus on working out so that feels really exciting enrolled in more personal coaching and therapy which feels awesome so that's for me personally me and Stephen enrolled in a couple's mastermind together which feels really expansive as well so like always investing personally as well as professionally like we're doing so much professionally but I always want to make sure I balance it on the personal side I never want to get in the wrong balance there that for me anyway and then at some point you know decide when baby number two is coming 
and think about that, which also feels super exciting and terrifying. Calendared in. <laughs> Lindsay's like, absolutely not yet. So yeah, so much to be excited for. And I'm so surrendered to life surprising and delighting me. I, I never have super concrete plans because I know God's plans are always better than mine. And so I love to just have a bit of space. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we can't talk about all these things yet, but like, I mean, earlier today, you got one email that was like a total, <laughs> like it wiped out a quarter's worth of work we were going to have to do. It like leapfrogged us ahead on the project. And it was like, oh my God, like it can be this easy, right? Like, yeah, that never happens. These things can happen where, where it comes out of the blue in a positive way. I think a lot of us are so conditioned, like, oh, you're going to get things that are setting you back. But it's like, sometimes you get news too with that like jumps you ahead. And yeah. like, we're very open at this point. I'm like, more, yes, yes, God, yes. More of this, please. You know, where it's like, we've done all the work to get here. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this this morning where it's like, we've been through some hard shit. Like the last few years, we already mentioned it. Like the la- we've been through some hard stuff and it's okay to expect and to be grateful for and to allow in the reward of that work now, you know? 100%, like it's okay to allow it to be easy. Yeah, yeah. and that's like, that's going to come through in what you learn from us. I think in 2024 in all of our programs through the society and everything new that's coming is like, we're teaching how to implement the stuff in your life that we've implemented in our lives and that we continue to run this whole business on. Like it's very meta in that way. And don't be surprised when like doing all of this work, the daily work, the daily discipline, the mastery leads to like incredible opportunities and new things you wouldn't have expected coming in. You're like, damn, it gets to be this good. Like this is freedom. Well, this was fun. We'll do it again maybe next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll be here again next week. Love it. Bye, you guys. 